0: Hello, everybody. You're listening to The Big Chill Podcast. This is season two, episode four, Doc Brown and the Cleveland Dog Pound. Hello, Big Chillians. Welcome to The Big Chill Podcast. For all our new big Chilian's, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and check us out on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Eddie is sure to put up some new tweets and polls regularly as as the playoffs move on and things like that. So be sure to follow us. I wanted to start, we usually start every once in a while with an icebreaker question. So I got one for you this time, Eddie, because we always usually pick on Sam what would the title of your autobiography be?
1: Oh, you want me to do this? You're just going to put me on the spot. And, and that's, (laughs) that's an
0: icebreaker question, putting you on the spot. Yeah. But usually it's like,
1: would you rather be this or that? I have to come up with something creative (laughs) and funny in a a second. Um,
0: Why would it be funny? Well, I think my (laughs) life would at least be a dark comedy. Is that, is that the title? my life is a dark comedy the edward hewitt story (laughs) there we go yeah we'll go with that (laughs) sam how are things in london have you gotten the christmas present i sent you yet
2: no it's gonna have to be a christmas present for this year now right i'm just gonna have to leave it for like 11 months yeah
0: i also sent one to
2: eddie and that hasn't arrived yet either i know so (laughs) no
0: no in february we can
2: discuss them <laughs> Great! Really, I'm really excited for this. No, yeah. I haven't got it yet. No, but uh, it's no. it just
1: anticipation just... builds.
2: Yep.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, I it's, it's going to be A
0: non-worthwhile anticipation for a very small <laughs> gift that he may or may never
2: use. <laughs> I'm Perfect. legit. I'm I'm kind of interested how much it cost to post. Oh no, because you did it free An... with the company, or
0: uh, no, no, no. <laughs> Under 20
1: To post. To mail. That's what he wants oh, to know.
0: Oh, how much it costs to post? Oh, I did yeah. it with the company. It costs, yeah, like $4 to, to post. Okay. All right. I'll give you a different one then, Eddie. If you had a time machine, would you go back in time or into the future? That's a tough one. I gave you an either or, and now you're no, no. So this is bad. better. I I can at <laughs> least
1: give an answer. I mean, that's a tough one because fundamentally, you have to believe that life has never been better than it is now. Uh, but at this, so you're running, you're rolling the dice if you go in the future, because you might just land in some dystopian post-apocalyptic world, and it just might be the end of the journey right there and then.
0: So, I'd are say, are you? Are you prefacing this by thinking that you can go back to your current time after your visit
2: see that's an interesting point isn't it because if you went to the future then had to go back i imagine that's thoroughly depressing unless like eddie says you've hit some sort of like mad max
1: style wasteland the way i'm envisaging it is that i can travel back in time and basically Time effectively freezes in the present day while I'm back in time, and then I can come back to my current life. Otherwise, am I just dying in the present day? Like, do I just disappear? (laughs) You just just sat
2: on a sofa and nothing happens to you. You're just in like a stasis. Oh, I go into a coma. Yeah, no, but what I'm saying is like. In the Renaissance or wherever.
0: Like, if you were to go into the future, one of the obvious things would be to pull like the hot tub time machine or the. Back to the Future too, where you like find out everything that's happened and then go back in time to your present day and like bet on every World Series knowing the outcomes, things like that. But if you can't come back, then that I think is a better question because then it's like, would you rather just live in the past and know what's going to happen? like, Or do you go to the future with the hopes that life is like more advanced? but it could also two-
1: be much worse. Okay, so I think I'd go to the past and like not that far in the past. I'd go to like 1991.
2: 2019. It wouldn't be,
1: it wouldn't be that far in the past and you don't deage. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand. That okay. would suck. If I went back to 1991 and I was four years old, wait. I wouldn't really be able to wait. benefit from it. And being... also,
2: what Wait, what if you de-aged and you went back to like 1920? Would you be like negative 70? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah.
0: Benjamin Button. You're
2: really, okay. really
1: old. <laughs> no, but at least then I, could, I wouldn't have to learn anything new, right? Like if your idea is I could go back in time and just win every bet. I don't know what happened in the MLB regular season in 1933. So the first challenge would be having to learn all of that or travel back with a book that tells me what happened. The alman-
0: the sports almanac. Yeah. Shout out do to you, Michael J. Fox. Do you
2: blend in with the time you go back to, though? Or do you stick out like a sore thumb? Or do you, you go ha- back?
0: Oh, you have to do the Back to the Future and you have to try and blend in. And you become like Clint Eastwood in Back to the Future 3. Here, here's a legitimate
1: question. Do you think you could convince people you were from the future? If I took you back to 1920, do you think you could convince people that you're from the future? Or do you think they would just think you were either
2: an idiot or insane? I think insane because you're too far back. If you said to someone in like 1970s about things like the internet, then that could probably, that's conceivable. But you don't have to talk about one. the internet, Sam. No. You, <laughs> I mean, that's you pretty have, important. That's a do you, you have a good one.
0: grasp? Do you have a good grasp You're of you. what's going to happen in 1921, 19, 22? Cause I, yeah, that's tough because if you could predict a lot of things, I think people would start to believe you, but you have to things? know a lot of things that are pretty random that I don't even know how you would know in like 1920. I, I, I don't know how well records were kept where you could be like, oh, there's going to be a plane crash here on this you, day, and then this Could on you that. just
2: research it before you go?
0: Yeah, we have to. Re- you have to do a lot of research and memorize.
2: Yeah,
1: and here, but here's the thing: is how many events do you have to predict correctly, predict in a row before people thought you were from the future? It would be like 15. Yeah, it would be a lot. It would be more than you'd think. Like if you just came out, if you got three or four right in a row, people would be like, oh, luck or something." You'd have to really now, wh- go
0: far what do you think happens to you if people realize you are from the future? Do you get abducted by the government or does someone just assassinate you? (laughs) Both. (laughs) (laughs) The government assassinates
1: you after abduction? (laughs) 100%. It it wouldn't be a good life. Like you don't just become some celebrity who makes it rich. Like someone takes control of you. But here's the thing is, I mean, this is just an interesting question because people always think they could go back in time. Like, I don't know how any of the technology I use is made. I couldn't rebuild it, right? So
2: It's not like I could go back in time
1: and make cell phones and become a billionaire. Like, I don't know how. Unless I could just literally hand someone back then my iPhone and go, do you think you could remake this?
2: (laughs) Someone like two years after World War I, you're asking them to like reverse engineer an iPhone. Yeah,
1: (laughs) fingers crossed. Find a BlackBerry. We'll give them an easier start.
0: I mean, at most, what you could probably do is find the people who made the biggest advancements and back them and be part of their success. Oh, that's but that's, a that's good about idea.
2: it. What, like, go to like Edison? Yeah. Might be a little bit late there in 1920, but yeah. Okay, 1920 <laughs> isn't our linchpin year. Ship, ship, <laughs> might have,
1: ship might have sailed on Thomas Edison by 1920. Oh my God, I'm he's from gone? The, I'm from the future, guys, and I've got big news. Thomas that Edison w- is going to change the world.
2: That would be pretty dumb, wouldn't it? If you got the year you wanted to go back to wrong, so you learn all oh. these facts and then went back oh. to the wrong time.
1: <laughs> but to me, that's why I'd rather go back. If I just... So I guess there's two things. Do you want to experience the era or do you want to kind of like try and make your life amazing? And if I want to make my life amazing, I think I go back to 1990 because I have basically all of the knowledge in my head
0: now to do that. But Then you got to live in the nineties. Nineties were awesome. It's a
2: good decade. So feel good. You know, peace, peace, post cold war, love across the world. (laughs) Brit pop was incredible.
0: (laughs) You wouldn't want to run the risk of going 500
2: years in the future where... Like, no way. There's... No? Uh, oh, no. you've got no idea. For all we know, oh. we could have found like, alien life and just been subjugated. By that. Also, I
1: just think you have <laughs> to assume, right? Even if you're pretty bright now, over time, mankind becomes more intelligent. Yeah. Or humank- humankind, I should say. And there's new technologies and stuff. So I would just go to the future and be a complete idiot. Not...
0: So wait, do you think you you could convince people you're from the past or do you think they just think you're really unintelligent? Just an idiot. Just a (laughs) moron. Just primitive.
1: (laughs) Yeah, just an absolute moron.
0: Because like, how can you even, how can you prove you're from the past? You can't. I mean, people (laughs) try and do it all
1: the time, right? (laughs) Like there are people who try and do this. You can't. You'd have to have just some incredible knowledge and then even then your memory isn't good enough to be that insight. Like there'd just be historians who would know more about your life, not your yeah. exact life, but like the era in which you lived, which would be even more depressing. Oh,
2: that would is, is, be... this, is this time machine like a one-time thing or is it like you can say you, you choose to go to the future? So you go 500 years in the future. Are you then allowed to go into the future again? You can only go one way can, or is it just only... like pick a year? It's one round trip. Around what? Well, so I can go back
0: to, yeah, you can go back to the present okay.
1: day. I mean, we then got to get onto that whole other unanswerable question, right? Of what the knock on effects of anything you do in the past are and that nightmare. So oh, then I now get, we're
0: talking uh, the butterfly
1: realities and butterflies. Yeah. <laughs> so that might make the future safer because at least you don't mess with your existence. Um, but I doubt, neither one's a good option. I'd probably go like six days ago.
2: <laughs> I've I I never th- heard of a... Mo- like that might be... Even if it's pragmatic, it might be one of the most uninspired answers to that question. It is. I no, no. I, I'm,
1: it is dull, but it, fundamentally it's the safest option is I just right. go back.
2: I go two, back to lockdown.
1: <laughs> I go back two or three weeks ago. I know all of the sporting events. I just go on this incredible run of winning every single horse race. That might be the, the only way I could safely use the time machine.
0: I mean, you could go but you could go forward a few years. But then what's the
1: benefit? I go back, I go 10 years into the future. What is it I get to experience It's I mean, the only thing you could tell me is I go t- I forward, forward 10 years and then, yeah, I come back with the Sports almanac. I come back with, but then I don't even want to step outside almost. Like I wanna go 10 years into the future and be dropped at, like the internet still exists and I literally whip out my iPhone Get some onto some Wi-Fi or whatever the equivalent is, then and then just like screenshot Super Bowl winners, screenshot NFL regular season results, screenshot like share prices and stock market performance, and then immediately come back. I want to go into the future because also just think of the other the so I say I go ten years into the future and then I find out you died in like a Thanks. car crash. <laughs>
2: Not you me. I'm, I'm
0: still here. I've, I've had oh, a
2: successful career.
0: So so here's my question. If you find that out, do you come back and tell me? No, because you'd think I was insane.
2: No, then I would tell You would be, just be insane let me either crash. way, right?
1: But do I try and stop the car crash somehow like that? Then I have to dedicate the next five years of my life to stopping you having this car crash. I don't know how to do it. Then I'd have to tell myself, like, if I change one bit of your behavior, does that prevent the car crash? Or do I have to, like, literally monitor you for five years?
0: Or, or then you get to the whole, like, bootstrap paradox where is the reason I crashed the car because you tried to intervene yes, for yes. me not crashing the car? And then that's why I actually crash. Yeah. So no matter what would have happened, I'm going to crash. Right. So I don't want any
1: details about life. I just want the sporting events and that's it. I don't want to know anything else. Because then you'd be plagued by the idea of trying to improve things.
2: We had a chat many weeks ago on this podcast about kind of like enjoying those sporting events and enjoying the moments and stuff. Would you forego all of that to win money on it, if that makes sense. Like, you're like, I know they win it. It's boring now. Whereas everyone else is genuinely excited, really enjoying yes. it. You're there like, I'm making, so you'd forgo that. Yes. I'm, I'm not saying I disagree or agree. I'm just curious.
1: And look, I'd still have some sporting events. I'd have to become way more interested in, you know, field hockey
2: so that's Pinky where i get
1: guess. that's where i get
2: my like, and also it's his way of like throwing the bookmakers off as well where he's yeah. like look how terribly i'm doing at field hockey yeah <laughs> like, okay i got i got not
1: only not only i've got the first touchdown score in the last 182 nfl games but i've never won a bet in field hockey
0: <laughs> it turns yeah. out field hockey the scoring's reversed the team with the lower score is the one that's the winner so you've just been picking the higher score every time
1: <laughs> now, but this, your question kind of leads me. I have that Chuck uh, Klosterman or Chuck Klosterman. I'm not sure how he says his name, but he did those cards. They're kind of conversation starter cards that he did, and one of them is: uh, you get to the age of, I think it's 75, and from that point on, at every, you notice that you no longer age. So you get to eighty, and you notice you feel exactly like you did when you were seventy-five. You get to ninety, still feel seventy-five. Okay. How old would you have to get before you thought that you were immortal?
0: <laughs> now, okay. Wait, I have a few questions. Is anything happening to me? Like you're not aging.
1: You look. I'm just and not feel- aging.
0: But am I still getting sick? Am I? Is like a car about to hit me, and then all of a sudden it just like flies up in the air no, no, and misses no, no. me. No, no. You're you not the thing. Get, yeah,
1: <laughs> you can still get a hit by the by a car, and I'm assuming you still get the common cold, but you don't get any serious illnesses. What? So you're not like okay. getting leukemia, and you know, and getting healthy again. But yeah, you might occasionally get a sniffle.
0: Hmm.
2: I mean, you'd it would be to a little past. unfortunate. You'd have to blow past the oldest person. Yeah, you got to
1: go one twenty
2: plus to really believe it.
0: I was gonna say yeah, like one forty, getting close to one fifty. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of unfortunate that you're doubling at seventy-five.
2: Yeah, it kind of sucks that you're. Couldn't it be like (laughs) fifty-five? I think the thing
1: is, if it were if it were fifty-five, you'd believe you were immortal a lot sooner. If you were 110 and you looked and felt 55, you'd be like, something's up. But if you, you see people who are like 105 and they look, you know, 70, 80s. Like now, is that happened. what
0: you'd think, that you're immortal? Or would you think maybe like you're an alien or something? <laughs> well, for the like, first you start 75 thinking things like years, that, like you were
2: absolutely fine.
0: Would you would you start thinking maybe I'm not of this planet? Maybe I'm a vampire. You know, like what what wow. what's starting to pop up into your head as to why you're not aging and like you're not dying?
1: No, you're right. I mean, if you were in that situation, you'd have to run through. Like, everything.
0: why is this happening? Is it is is there like a higher being that has yeah, just put true. this on just me? You know, it,
2: like what I would want to can know. This. Science explain it
0: yeah like kind of what you're getting
2: at there what's okay. the
0: reasoning why is this happening also then the follow-up
1: question this is a real downer how long do you let it go before you just end it
2: that was because so many shows have oh. done that right like never
1: because <laughs> here's the thing is right it's one thing i think the concept of being immortal when no one else is would be depressing because it would just literally be family friends dying and the second thing is you're frozen at 75 so it's not like you're getting to live some young, energetic life. You're 75, so you're—I mean—mobile. You like life is fine, but you're not exactly how you make new friends, for example. Were you, no, but I,
2: were you a healthy 75, though, yes. or would you have been very unfortunate to be like 75 let's call you with dementia? No, and then no. you become immortal.
1: No, let's no, call okay. you Joe Biden.
2: Let's call you Joe Biden.
1: <laughs> no. Let's call you like a very sprightly 75 you know like when you meet a 75 year old and you go "Oh, this person's probably 60 and they go oh no i'm 75 that kind of 75. you
0: have to reach a point in technical advancements that you can then start replacing your body it's true in 400 (laughs) years from now you'll be able to get bionic arms and things like that you can get bionic arms
1: now
2: yeah but not good ones i'm talking like real good ones. Have you seen that Oscar Pistorius guy? He's got really good legs. It's like, yeah.
1: I like this idea. So a hundred years from now we'd see Frank having had multiple plastic surgeries because you'd obviously have to change your face. Like you'd have a 75-year-old face. You <laughs> look like so that have...
2: a weekend hoax. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then bionic arms <laughs> just strolling into a bar trying to <laughs> pick up a girl. <laughs> like hey, how's it going? How old are you? Oh, I'm I'm 28.
2: You know, Frank would go bionic legs and like go into bars and say like, "I run the hundred meters in about one point eight seconds."
0: <laughs> Two hundred years from now, you're gonna hear about this bionic man challenging people in the Parisian streets races. Frank will be dead. It's for future listeners of this podcast. Oh, Oh, wow. They'll be digging. Oh, how
2: depressing would that be? Just every two times a week, you just log on to do the podcast? No, 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 no. He means (laughs) future listeners.
1: He means as in 200 years from now, someone is listening to this episode. Yep. Which That's now that I mean. is a that is a post-apocalyptic society where they yeah. are just like desperate for some kind of content. Like the world has been destroyed, and somehow the only remnants of civilization is like our server with our podcast on it.
0: Someone put a time capsule and put the Big Chill podcast in the time capsule. They pick it up like, oh, this could save civilization, and it's just episode one through a hundred of the Big Chill podcast. <laughs>
1: Would they believe you if you went to the future? Do you think you could convince them? No. Oh,
2: shit. Every episode they're guy. just listening. I'm the guy on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> they're so depressed.
0: Oh, If only it were like seeds or something useful we could restore civilization <laughs> with.
1: Uh, now, one guy who would like to go back in time after his weekend is undoubtedly Justin Thomas. Oh, we're going to start off uh, with
0: that. Okay. Yeah.
1: (laughs) The PGA came back this week. And so it was the opening tournament. It was the century tournament of champions or whatever they call it, where you only qualify for it. It's in Hawaii and you only qualify for it if you won a PGA event the previous year or something.
0: Or spoiler alert, as Justin Thomas would call it, the PG gay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And so, yes, in his, I think it was his third round, he had the look on Sam's
2: face. No, I just feel like there would have been a better way to do that. There's already a G in it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the PGAY. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Better, there you go. Better, better. Um, okay. He missed a relatively short putt. He missed like a four footer, and then as he tapped in the sort of one footer he had left, he just went. Faggot. <laughs> it that's, that that's what happened. No, it was. Yeah, it, was kind of,
2: it, it was quite. He didn't shout it, did he? No, no. He a, just. It was quite under the breath.
1: Yeah, and and the question to me is: It's obviously unacceptable. You know, not a funny term. The question is: Was he calling himself? What was it like? Was he cr- being critical of himself? Like, as you'd be like, idiot, or was he kind of angry at the whole? And he's insulting the hole. Like the.
0: So you <laughs> think he's
2: insulting I, the hole? Yeah. Not, not
1: in that
0: way. I'm not even laughing in that <laughs> way. But I'm just laughing at someone getting so mad <laughs> get at an I- inanimate <laughs> object of a hole in the green.
1: Oh, 100% golfers do that. 100%. But wouldn't it be
0: the ball? Wouldn't you yell at the ball? Okay, maybe, it, okay, the, maybe the ball.
1: Or, or the, the club. club maybe his putter
2: well, who knows <laughs> <Or his laughs> the caddy. hole's not going anywhere <laughs> it's, it's the, the same story. size always just using profanities at his caddy and i just say
1: not defending it it's such a bizarre term to use in that context with anger if you see what i mean like there's. i can understand golfers swearing and being upset when something's gone wrong and ultimately i think he ended up losing by a shot so fundamentally that cost him the tournament i mean he would have gone to a playoff but still it just seems such a bizarre term i would have never thought to use it in that context
2: yeah it doesn't it matters like what he's saying it to because it makes no sense it, it legitimately no, makes no yeah. sense like The only, the the problem for Justin Thomas really is that it's come out as a profanity, which doesn't come across well for him because it probably implies that he's used it a lot before because it's a weird one, right? It's not something you use. It's not like someone says shit and they're like, ah, shit, people say that a lot. It's kind of a well-known thing. But if you say that word, you've probably said it a lot before, which doesn't help you as a character.
1: For sure, the, mo- the word you say when you're angry like that is definitely going to be a word you've used before. Um, I think when you're in those moments of rage, it's these kind of, it's like a repertoire of words you're familiar with come out the most. Now, that doesn't mean he's using them as a gay slur, right? Like I'm not implying that Justin Thomas is out there calling people a faggot like that he's going to bars and just insulting people. But certainly it's obviously a word that he uses where other people might say shit or, or fuck or whatever. He's obviously saying that word in, in a number of contexts.
2: Did you see the PGA um, stripped Trump's course as well of the um, US Open, I think it was, uh, in like 2022? I think, um, why is it called like Trump National or something like that? The course is called. Yeah. Uh, they stripped him of the because um, they said it was detrimental to the brand of PGA. And the thing is, like, it everyone has just turned on the guy now. I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying like, oh god, what an unfortunate guy to have it all go well, wrong at the end. Not but- everyone.
1: You got some people pretty adamantly supporting him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, but that was that was interesting i think it's the right move from the pga because i do think that hosting it there next year would be legitimately detrimental to the it's one of the reasons why Turnbury probably won't get the british open anymore because he bought it about four or five years ago and it hasn't been selected since and i very much doubt it'll be selected because of that association i I think think regardless he's, he's tarnished his brand it's not even
1: the brand, right? It's just, why would you want that attention and controversy? You, no matter what, you'll detract from the weekend. It will be a talking point. It will be bring up questions about his presidency. It will bring up questions about, will he attend? All sorts of things that you would rather just be like, this is about the golfers playing world-class golf, and that's it. So you know i think yeah it's the right whether you agree or disagree with his political beliefs and behavior it's the correct decision but i wonder what uh, justin thomas had to say about that after after he found out
2: it was just a single word <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah but it was interesting cuz he got caught live on coverage cuz obviously with no fans in attendance and with the microphones you were able to hear it very clearly it wasn't one of those things where so when I had to kind of go digging through microphone coverage to reveal it, you you heard it; it was audible, um, and it was weird. Contrasting golf getting uh, R-rated in a week when the NFL decided to go child-friendly and have Nickelodeon cover one of the wildcard games.
2: Frank, what do you think of it? i got my thoughts. So but I, wa- I want to hear yours because you sounded really excited, too excited, actually.
0: <laughs> no, no. I watched, I've I watched at least the first quarter on the Nickelodeon stream. It was slightly more enjoyable than the CBS and slightly more annoying, depending on how much you were really paying attention. So for instance, the part that was frustrating was, and, and this isn't a knock on the broadcast, because it's obviously why they wanted to do it, but they were really introducing the sport to people and to kids who have never really watched football before. So they were really getting in depth about explaining everything, which is great. And that's, that's actually a, a really good way to go about it. And I, I'm sure there are a lot of people who actually watched and didn't underst- hadn't understood things that were able to understand it once it were explained. The annoying part was every single thing was explained in a metaphor to like a childhood occurrence. So it was like, oh, this is like in recess when this happens, or this is like when you get detention. This is like when you get too much homework. This is like when your dog eats your homework. This is like when your mom yells. It's like every single thing was something like, and then insert kid cliche. It got way too much. I mean, Nate Burleson must have had a seven page list of all these things that something is like. And some of them were an okay example. Some made sense. Some were really far fetched. Like the idea of what a first down is, explaining it like a first down is like when you have a quiz in your class and you just need to keep getting good grades to move on to the next quiz until you get to the red zone. And that's like your final exam. And there the goal is to ace your final exam or to get into a touchdown. And it's like, well, that's not really how quizzes and exams work. Like you don't take one and pass it and then take the next. Like you're taking quizzes no matter what happens and either you're failing or not. So like like some of them were a little, some of them were a a little far-fetched, but overall it was cool. And then the parts that were cool was like, Uh, After the first quarter, they did a little montage of adding some of the cartoon graphics on the players. And actually, it was it wasn't as extensive as you thought it was going to be, but it was still kind of cool. Like there was a one play. I forget the receiver on the Saints. It was the, the newer guy that they have that caught a caught like a wide receiver screen and then made like two nice jukes and made both people miss. And while he did the juke, they did like little lightning bolts off his, off his feet while he was juking by the people. And then the the people that were falling had like the little smoke things behind them. And it was, it was kind of cool. Like it was different, you know, you don't ever really see that. And then when they scored the touchdown, the slime cannons came out and that part was, was a little overblown. Like I expected something, I don't know, more realistic or, or just more. And it was just literally four animated slime cannons in the corners of the end zones that shot animated slime for three seconds. And then that was it. And then the
2: reactions by the people oh, were like, yeah. it was oh, epic. It was epic. <laughs> it's like, ah, it really wasn't that epic. But also the actual animation on it was atrocious. Like, I mean, I that's a challenge though, right? To yeah.
1: Do live animation. I will say this, Frank obviously loved it because Sam, you asked him what he thought of it and he
2: went on that a- That childhood 50... wonder that he just no, went he on.
1: Just, he went on a <laughs> 57 minute long description. <laughs> I mean, good God, that was longer than the game itself.
2: Well, it, let's be honest, that was but, probably the most boring playoff game but, I think I've ever watched. Weren't you lucky that the kids side of it happened to that game? Because can you imagine if they had to do some sort of like childlike thing with the Wolford injury? Like, oh, oh this yeah. this guy getting carted off the hospital was brought to you by SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> like, it would have been pretty bad. Like, they're lucky that the game was boring in a way. That would have been hard for Nickelodeon to be like, oh, a guy may have potentially just snapped his neck.
1: No, it is true. Or like the Dak Prescott injury or something, you know, like it's... <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, or like, like the was, alex smith like leg pictures like they i would have like if, if for
1: the walford injury if they'd done like the little birds like spinning round his head as he lay on the ground Like
2: well uh-oh. like the acme like the acme yeah. dynamite going off as his neck just like contours his inwards
0: walford's sleepy now <laughs> the dak prescott injury they're like That's like when you're six years old and it's a week before Christmas and your parents divorce and you end up getting no presents for Christmas and your life (laughs) is over.
2: (laughs) And one of them snaps your ankle.
0: (laughs) But Yeah, no. um,
1: It's an interesting gimmick and I think it's good for the NFL to try and obviously get more people to watch and to allow people to watch in the way that they'd like. Um, and to kind of remove the barriers of entry for the sport, right? They've done a similar thing over the last couple of weeks in with the Premier League with trying to, because obviously it's the LGBTQ uh, month. keep going. Well, they've they've dedicated to the sport and they've obviously had a number of relatively high profile gay figures commentate on games or like add to the coverage of the game to try and show the sport as being, Sort of more accepting and to show that there's a place within the sport for people with different profiles and backgrounds, which I think is a good, a good thing to do, but obviously it's not for everyone. Not the gay thing. But just going to say I side with Justin Thomas.
0: <laughs> the, the only issue I see with the Nickelodeon thing is, are they going to be that explanatory every time? Or do they now expect that? Hey, you've watched this one, so now no. we're going to progress off
2: of that one. Oh, what a really steep learning curve to it! It's like, well, now because a little tutorial. Here comes yeah. the real deal, and they actually just go into normal commentary.
1: Yeah, by the Super
0: Bowl, it's just Tony it's Romo. Just,
2: yeah, it's just Madden <laughs> in a SpongeBob outfit. <laughs> they that did.
0: Means- um, they did slime Sean Payton after the game. I don't know if you saw that.
1: Did they really? Yeah, oh, really? yeah, they like- slimed him but he actually got real
0: slime on him or it was a real slime. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they sat him down behind like the Nickelodeon screen and then like he put his mask on. And like the other thing about this is they, so they went through this a lot in the game about being slimed and how it's like nothing you've ever (laughs) experienced in your life. It's just like someone dumping really viscous water on you. Like it's not that crazy.
1: Tony Romo explained that. Cause when he was asked, hey, your kids must be excited about the Nickelodeon coverage and all the slime. He said, my kids love slime, and they they try to slime me all the time, but usually they just do it with their mouths and their spit. <laughs> it was such a disgusting okay. oh, description.
2: That's brutal. I mean, we did say last time out that the Gatorade replacement for the slime was a good idea, so maybe we've got listeners in high places in the NFL or Nickelodeon.
1: Sounded a bit like you said Gatorade there, as in... <laughs>
2: <laughs> is that the theme of this week's podcast yeah
0: <laughs> yeah we'll just go all in i mean you could yeah, just do not? green gatorade and that would be 80 percent of it it just wouldn't yes. be as thick
1: <laughs> yes you could just yeah he some, did payton did some get flour in it.
0: and what i will say about it is he was in his full like getup that he had for that game like he didn't get changed or anything so he had on you know like his nice shoes his nice outfit and just got Slimed like right Hold after on. the game. This is
1: this is Sean Payton. It's not like he's wearing a suit. He's wearing but he like... does he
0: does wear he's he's notorious for wearing the shoes. He has like all the different night air maxes and Nikes and stuff like that. He's wow. really into shoes. Don't you remember the don't you remember the uh the last draft when he had his feet kicked up and like the number one thing on Twitter was like he was wearing some Nike Air Jordan limited edition things? You don't remember that? No,
1: no. Is there anything sadder? I don't really get sneakerheads anyway. I think it's such a bizarre thing to
0: be into. I mean, I like you don't like people nice... pulling the pulling the fame off of anything head related. That's not just <laughs> just having a big head.
1: <laughs> I was wondering where you were going there, but, but what I don't like what I definitely don't get is like when it's a middle-aged man like becoming a sneakerhead or whatever. Midlife
0: crisis. It's just kind of sad. Are we in like the golden age of the quarterback? Because if you just look at the playoffs this year, you had five Hall of Fame QBs playing and another potential probably three. So out of the, what, 12 teams you had playing this week? Who
1: who are you locking in
0: as definite Hall of Famers? Brady, Rodgers, Big Ben. Breeze. Rivers, Breeze. Oh, Rivers is, I don't think. Rivers, I've, I've heard, like I've now read online a lot of things that Rivers is like a lock for the Hall of Fame.
1: If Phil Rivers is a lock for the Hall of Fame, then, sorry, then every quarterback from now on is making the Hall of Fame.
0: I don't know. He's had a pretty good career.
1: Has he? He's had good career stat-wise. statistic. yeah, exactly. Statistically, but then that's the downside. Is he, I think, people still think in the context of what amazing seasons were 20 30 years ago. So it's like Dan Marino never threw for this many yards, so Philip Rivers is amazing. And it's but like, well, I then think Matthew, if, if, then if Matthew could, Stafford yeah, I, is going to the Hall of Fame,
0: no, no, I agree with you on that sense. But I think if you put his statistics in line with the other players of his generation that will make the Hall of Fame notably Big Ben and Eli Manning. Eli Eli Manning is making it for
1: two reasons, and that's it. Like if Eli, Eli well, Manning... One reason,
0: that happened two times. <laughs> yeah,
1: but if you take away the Super Bowl wins from Eli Manning, there's no way he's a Hall of
0: Fame quarterback. Yeah, no, like, I agree.
1: And Rivers hasn't even played in a in a Super Bowl.
2: I mean, I, I think he's eventually going to make it. Is do you Matt think you, Ryan, have to, do you have to play a Super Bowl to be in the Hall of Fame? Is that what you're saying? Whether you win or lose?
0: Or you have to be statistically v- very above average. If you're not, if
1: you, I think if you don't win a Super Bowl and you don't have people saying, I think you were the greatest quarterback of your generation, like the Dan Marino one. Dan Marino can get in without having won a Super Bowl because the argument is, many people believe not only was he the greatest quarterback of his generation, but potentially the greatest quarterback of all time in terms of individual talents. So then, yeah, that's fine to get in. But if it's like, Hey, six, six, seven, eight quarterbacks from your generation are already a hall of famers. You got, you never managed to beat them, but you're going to get in. Cause you did throw for a lot of yards whenever you played the Cincinnati Bengals.
0: I don't think you necessarily need to win. I think you at least need to have some playoff success.
1: Is, I, Matt I, I Ryan,
0: think... is Matt Ryan a Hall of Famer? I think he might be. Oh,
1: my God. It's everybody. <laughs> it's... So is Matthew Stafford a Hall of Famer? No. Okay. So Matthew Stafford is the Mendoza line of Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Is Joe Flacco a Hall of Famer? No. Do you think Joe Flacco do you think Rivers would swap careers
0: with Joe Flacco? No. really? R- Rivers wouldn't swap careers with anyone because Philip Rivers is Philip Rivers and that's all he ever wants to be. <laughs>
1: that's true. I will give you that, but
0: <laughs> But I mean, I mean Matt Ryan, he, he was an MVP, so he has an MVP credential to him.
1: Has Rivers ever won an MVP? I don't think so.
0: I don't think he has. So that's another knock on
1: him. I get what you're saying. But I think there's just, there has to be an acceptance now that there's just the statistical performance of quarterbacks is going to be something incredible when you look back. When you I mean, Rivers,
0: to- Rivers is an eight time Pro Bowler. Okay. So that's pretty good. I mean, that's pretty high in, in terms of like QBs. I don't think there's many QBs that are, have been in the Pro Bowl
2: eight times. I don't think the season has helped Rivers. Like I know, okay, he's been playing for what is it, like 20 years or whatever it is, but this season really hasn't helped him. <laughs> I don't
0: think. I mean, I think he I think Rivers will be a borderline
2: Hall of Famer. I think eventually he makes it. Is it just pure ability on the pitch that makes you a Hall of Famer, or is there anything around it that can contribute to you getting in like being well, a personality th- or stuff like that? That's the
1: debate. Is is what criteria are you using to judge whether or not because some people, for example, will say, like Eli Manning is the interesting one in some respects. He's yeah. a lock to be in the Hall of Fame, but some people will dispute he didn't have a Hall of Fame career. He's not a Hall of Fame level talent.
0: But then oh, I've, argued, say, I've argued for life that he is nowhere near being a Hall of Fame caliber QB.
2: Right. But then but the, he's two Super Bowls? Yeah. He's won a- two he Super And he was Bowls. MVP. Yeah.
1: And he's won two Super, Super Bowl, Bowls, Super Bowl MVP. He's won two Super Bowls in an era that basically every quarterback who's won the Super Bowl. Is a Hall of Famer near enough.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, let's say Rivers is borderline. So you have four definite, right? Breeze, Brady, Rogers, Big Ben. All Hall of Famers, right? For and sure. then you have right now, Wilson is a on trajectory to be a Hall of Famer, I think. And you have Yeah.
1: No, Wilson's Hall- in already. I think Wilson okay, is Hall in of already. Fame. If he retires today, I think Wilson makes the Hall of Fame.
0: Okay. You have Mahomes, who's on track, although it's still early. Yeah, for Should sure. Should be a Hall of Famer. So that's six. And then you have the likes of potentially a Lamar Jackson or a Josh Lamar Allen. Jackson.
2: Lamar Jackson would be a good pump, I think.
0: Yeah. I mean, I worry more about him than I do Mahomes, only because we can get into this when we get into the game he's obviously most effective with his running and can he physically keep that up is going to be his issue. I mean, he could RG three at next year and we'll never hear from him again. I mean, it's pretty
2: impressive. Like I know one of the big issues around him was that he I was, you say that
1: when RG three is his backup, <laughs> 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 we'll never hear from him again. Might win a Super Bowl ring this year unlikely but possible
0: but so that's pretty impressive right for 12 teams to have up to almost eight of those be hall of fame quarterbacks it is but then and i'm
1: not trying to like rain on the parade there but i just don't know if we went t- back 10 years ago wouldn't we have said something similar like if you went back 10 years you would have said tom brady definitely going to be in the hall of fame big ben definitely going to be uh brett Favre would have still been hanging around You would have been like that's a hall of famer you would have had, you know, you would have said Eli Manning is going to be a Hall of Famer. Like, I think you would have kind of got to that number 10 years ago as well, probably. Peyton Manning, Andy Dalton.
2: I don't think that would have happened with Andy Dalton. Lacco would have been a fair consideration back then.
1: Yeah, I put it this way, Joe Flacco and Matt Ryan at certain points in their career or even Matthew Stafford, people would have been like, "Oh, this guy is going to be like on course to be a Hall of Famer." Like if you went back to Matt Ryan around the time he made the Super Bowl, like if you had told me then that might like is Matt Ryan going to make a, is going to is Matt Ryan going to be a Hall of Famer yes or no, I would have bet my life on yes. And it's not been injury or you know, kind of bad luck that's going to stop him from potentially being a Hall of Famer, it's going to be that his teams became awful. Even if his statistical performance hasn't actually dropped off that much, he still has pretty good statistical years.
2: Same with, that with da- Rivers, though, right? Revers, I think, only has about two or three seasons where he's thrown below, like, 4,000 yards mm-hmm. a season. Yeah, yeah. For, a, for is- a team that's wildly inconsistent like the Chargers as well.
0: Yeah. Okay, wait, yeah, so... Well, I- so I went back to the 2010-2011 NFL playoffs. Okay. okay. It's actually pretty interesting because I think, I think you can make a case of what you're saying. So keep in mind, though, it was only... Wild card was only... Um, you're, lo- you're losing two teams. It's only... F- no, four teams. You're losing a game each, oh, you- on each side. Okay. So there's two NFC, two AFC. Okay. Okay. So Seahawks, Saints... And that was Matt Hasselbeck. No, and I'm assuming Drew Brees. Yeah, it although to I, be Drew Brees, c- I can't
1: unless he was. I mean, that. there's no way he was injured. I mean, that's post um, Saints Super Bowl. Yeah. So. Um, and then. Or the so, year they that might be the year they won the Super Bowl actually. No, they no, lost to the been. Seahawks in the playoffs. Okay, then that must have been the year after. I guess
0: so in that one obviously yeah. Hasselback, not no one ever thought Hasselback was going to be a Hall of Famer but Breeze yeah. yeah so we're one Yep. okay next one New York Jets versus Indianapolis Colts where the Jets actually won so Mark Sanchez yeah. Mark Sanchez and Peyton Manning so again Sanchez hey.
1: Sanchez nine. at that time you might have I mean no you wouldn't early. have
2: <laughs> come on I remember in the fantasy teams, he was—he I wouldn't say it was hot property, but he was certainly up there in the considerations for people. Around I wouldn't that
1: time. have said i don't think anyone would have been like definitely is going to be a Hall of Famer, but I don't think you would have dismissed his Hall of Fame. Like his first couple of years with the Jets, they made the playoffs every year. It wasn't until the butt fumble.
0: Sanchez finished that year with 17 touchdown passes and 13 interceptions in 16 games, so he's averaging a touchdown a game.
1: Yeah, but what's, what season was that? Was that his rookie year? That,
0: that season. No, uh, no, no it's his was... second season. Second okay. season.
1: And they made it to the AFC championship game, didn't they?
0: That year? Or... I think so, yeah. Yeah, so second year quarterback making the
1: AFC championship game. He beats the Patriots in that playoffs, I think, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, but let's compare that to what? Josh Allen is a third year? Or no, no Lamar no, Jackson. She... Compared to Lamar Jackson, Like the stats are very different there.
1: Compare it to Josh Allen a year ago.
0: Yeah, I think even Josh Allen's stats last year were way better than Sanchez's ever were. <laughs> Maybe, but I'm just saying I do. But I don't think Josh you. Allen's a, a a Hall of Famer.
1: I think he he's a possibility. I think that I'd put Josh Allen in the category of Mark San where Mark Sanchez was at that time.
0: In that, I think you're speaking very that- highly of Butt fumble men. And there is a I mean, there is
1: a path of his career that could lead to him being a Hall of Famer, but there is another path for Josh Allen's career where he is no longer a starting quarterback six years from now.
2: I mean, the good news for Allen really is that he's got the the kind of division looking good for him, uh, his conference, right? With everyone else around him, like they're now the best team in it, so they could see a lot of playoff appearances for Allen. So, All
0: right, okay, so who next, else we got? okay, so next game was Ravens Chiefs. So and that was. Flacco and Matt Castle. <laughs> so
1: I'm going to say Flacco at that point in time, you would have said.
0: So this was possibility. his third year in the league, I believe. Second or third. He was rookie of the year, his first yeah. year. I remember so that. So you would have
1: said like potential Hall of Famer. I mean, obviously in the same way that when we're speaking about, you know, Josh Allen.
0: I'm really saying it more in the Josh Allen, not in the Patrick Mahomes. Yeah,
1: no, not not That's, Patrick Mahomes level,
0: no. Okay, and then no, the last one. Go ahead.
1: No one was saying that Joe Flacco might be the greatest quarterback of all time.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> and last one: Green Bay Packers, Philadelphia Eagle, Eagles. So this is an interesting one because it was Rogers and McNabb. Nope. Better. Vic. Vic. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and Vic, Hall of Fame career, but ruined by off-the-field activities. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Hall of Famer, fundamentally. You know, if it comes out that Patrick Mahomes is really into dogfighting,
0: then, <laughs> you know. And then you had, in the divisional playoffs, the teams I didn't mention were the Steelers with Big Ben. The Falcons with Matt Ryan. The Bears. Who's the Bears? Oh, Cutler. Yeah. Uh, no. No. <laughs> and the Patriots with Brady.
1: I think it's fairly comparable, and I don't think that's the best year. I think you could definitely, in and around that period, pick a better year where a few more. Like you're just after the Brett Favre era, which would be like throwing like where we are with Tom Brady or Drew Brees's. Right, so I think the year before you would have had Brett Favre, and then there's a few others that could have got thrown in there um, as well, who maybe were coming because there's no fundamentally of everyone you name there. There's kind of no end of career guys. So you you've kind of yeah. just missed with maybe the exception of Vic, um, but his career ended more abruptly because
0: of off the field stuff. But yeah, I think I mean. Eddie may disagree, but I think that this is a good playoff year in terms of at least the QB quality, I think, is pretty top-notch this year. Like, There's not not – besides besides (laughs) the Rams, right, who have advanced. And the Bears, maybe. Advanced.
1: Okay, of the teams in this upcoming round. Yeah. yeah, The the Rams is not a pretty picture in terms of quarterback. Which is interesting because – you know, In you part because think... of Goff's injury, so yeah. I'm not going to blame him entirely for that. But
2: yeah.
1: uh, No, I'm not going to disagree with you there. I just didn't think that this round of games was extraordinary or highly, or extremely well played. That doesn't mean that they aren't good teams with good players. Now, one thing I will say before we go on to discuss the game is Lamar Jackson, and maybe we can start with the Ravens-Titans, became the first quarterback, the first non-manning quarterback, to lose his opening two playoff appearances, and then win a, a playoff game—that's
2: hmm. my for Frank twenty-four-year-old.
1: That's my Frank stat of the week. So that's twenty-four. Seems, he's
0: only twenty-two, I think. What seems he? significant.
1: You no, know, like he's maybe he's still he's but, younger
0: than Burrow. Yeah. I mean, he's been in the league for three years, so he's way, got yeah. he came. Three playoffs. Twenty-three, yeah. twenty-four. Then yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I'm just thinking he's younger than Burrows. So I always think he's much younger, but yeah, that's a good stat. I like that. I mean, we can start off with that game. That was a tough one for me because obviously I picked the Titans, and I think the Titans did what I thought they would do and hold hold the Ravens pretty well. I mean, this is a defense we've talked about that is statistically what top five worst defenses in the NFL. And they did a really good job of top
1: uh, top two historic in, in terms of historical playoff quality defenses. They are the second worst defense in the history of NFL playoff appearances.
0: Yeah.
1: Out of like 534, since they've been tracking these, this kind of data, they were the second worst in almost every category.
0: You know, yeah. And, and I think, you know, they played them really well. They played them well. Uh, they had a good game plan. And I mean, I think at a point other teams are going to start to build on whatever game plan that they had to, to kind of contain the Ravens. The issue was that you saw no matter how much you contain them and slow them down, eventually they're going to break that play. And for the Ravens, it was literally two plays. I mean, there was the Lamar Jackson touchdown run that was one of the nicest runs I've ever seen in my life, like the acceleration to kind of go up the middle and then to the sideline and just be blowing by guys as he's running to the sideline and then up the sideline was crazy impressive. And that was on a third and nine, which probably would have changed the game had they stopped them there. And then the other one was, I think he had like a third and three in the second half and did the same thing, like a 25, 30 yard run up the sideline. And I mean, those two plays and it's, it's easy to say, like, "Oh, had you stopped them on those two plays, you win." But the bottom line is, that's kind of what he's going to do, no matter what. He's going to have those one or two plays. So it's it's t- it's a tough offense to stop. I mean, you stop him yeah, for twenty, and you still lose.
1: Yeah, but I mean, we're going to get onto this because fundamentally, right? Every football game probably gets decided by five or six plays. That' so one any particular. team. <laughs> a lot of a lot of plays, a lot of games this weekend. You know teams are going to be able to say if we had just done things differently on five or six plays, it's a very different picture. So I think that's always kind of well. If we just had prevented this touchdown run, if we just prevented that, like, but uh, I think the counter to that is just how well the Ravens shut the Titans down. Yeah. So I actually don't yeah. know if if they'd stop them on the drive where he has the 48-yard touchdown or wherever it is. I don't know why I then believe the Titans would keep would have scored any more points anyway. And so then I think the Ravens at some point get that touchdown. If he doesn't make that play then he makes it a different time. But just to round off the stats about their defense, so out of 589 teams to make the playoffs in the Super Bowl era, they were 588th in points allowed per game, 586th in total yards allowed per game. 583rd in passing yards allowed per game and tied for 585th in total number of sacks. So a historically bad
0: defense by playoff uh, standards. Yeah, so I mean, the thing that I wanted to bring up was the Vrabel fourth and two decision. So for those who... Yeah, that made no sense.
2: That made absolutely yeah. no sense.
0: So for those who don't know or didn't watch the game... It was 4th and 2 on the Baltimore 40, and they were down 17-13 with 10 minutes left. And at this time, they had given up a substantial drive to the Ravens to start the half, and then a pretty good field goal drive that the Ravens actually missed the field goal, and that's why kind of why they had decent position to begin with. So the Ravens were kind of getting hot on offense it seems like their offense in the second half was much better than it was in the first half. He decided to punt on the fourth and two, and the punt went for 25 yards to the Baltimore 15. So these are some of the statistics that have come out of that decision. So there's a, a, a measurement called the surrender index, which says like kind of how wimpy of a play it was to do. It ranks in the 100th percentile of cowardly punts of the entire 2020 season. So it was basically the wimpiest time to punt in the entire season and the 99.92 percentile of all punts since 2009. So historically not a good punt. Punting on fourth and two cost the Titans about 14% pre-snap win probability. So that definitely shifted it. And it was the first time going back to 1994 that a team in the playoffs punted on fourth or two or less from that field position or closer in down by a score in the fourth quarter. The first time any team has
2: ever done that. That is a specific statistic. Uh,
1: No. So so statistically, I do think everything there that you've said there is right. But you do have to add some context to the game itself. And in spite of the fact that they had Henry, he was averaging, what, two yards a carry?
2: Maybe not even. Oh, so it, they like didn't... 50 yards all game, wasn't it? Or like yeah. not even that, I don't think.
1: So there's no reason to think that they would have picked up those two yards. I don't know. If I were Rabel, I, I think I would have gone for it. But I can understand the idea, which is fundamentally their defense even if there was a bit of momentum for that Ravens offense at that time, fundamentally their defense had been the best part of their team in that game. And so saying to them, look, if we, if we go for this fourth and two and fail, we're basically giving up three points because they have one of the greatest field goal kickers of all time, who whilst he did just miss a relatively long field goal is unlikely to do so twice, which turned out to be the case in that game. And so why i'm not defending it but i get why he did it
0: so so my bigger issue with this whole thing is i mean i first would have went for it because i mean obviously hindsight's you know what it is but they didn't get the ball back in that position ever again but i think the the worst part of the whole scenario was they had that at second and two So they had second and two, they did a terrible deep pass, basically out of bounds. Then they had it third and two and they did another stupid, like tight end fade pass that the guy got crushed on, but he wasn't even close to the first down. He was still like, it was basically on the line of scrimmage. So it wasn't even running a route to a first down line. And then on fourth and two, they decided to punt. I get that Henry isn't being effective, but when you have it second and two with 10 minutes left, and this is your team and your team has rode Henry, I don't care if he's got three yards in the game between second and two and third and two, he needs to get a shot to get that first down. You don't throw a deep ball and then run and then run a negative one yard route to try and get it versus giving it to the most dominant. It wasn't a a four pass, but
1: the, Look, you're right, but then they'd been doing that all game, and they're. But it doesn't scored. matter.
0: But that I, I I understand that, but they'd already died on that particular. They'd already like. They haven't died really, on it yet because they were. No, I I I don't I I understand he wasn't being effective, but if you have two chances to get two down yards, if you that's have an, two chances to get two yards, you have to give one of them they'd to the most dominant st- back in the NFL, f- Frank. They'd already been
1: stuffed multiple times using Henry, absolutely stuffed. Like, you can't tell me, oh, it would have worked that time, even though it didn't work any of the times we tried it before. Like, maybe it would have worked. Maybe it would have worked. But you're not asking
0: him to get a seven-yard run or burst for 20 yards. You're asking him to get two yards. And he was struggling
1: to uh, do that all game.
2: See, Frank, I I get your stats, but the thing I would say is, But then what would you rather do? But if he did run that and was stopped, the logic here would have been, it's not been working all game so why would you go for it on there
0: i get that it has been working all game but just because it has been working for a game doesn't mean you abandon the thing that got you into the playoffs the first time when you only need a two yard run no, i get if it was second and seven and they did two pass plays sam but is a second and two you have to give it to him sam least is once.
1: so right though if they had gone for it or reverse it they'd Third and two, uh, second and two. They'd run it stuffed. Run it stuffed. Punted. You would have gone. Come on, the run hadn't been run the run game hadn't been working all game. Why do you, you pull out that? Why do you pull out that? Why didn't you pull out that play action? Why didn't you try and fool them and hit them on a deep pass? Those were the things that had been working earlier in the game. Why didn't you I wouldn't those? have said that because oh.
0: you're the one who said a million times if it's third and one or third and two. I hate when people try and do that sneak deep ball throw. That, that's what I say. Yeah. <laughs> No, No, that's what you say. That's not what I say.
2: Exactly.
0: I'm saying I don't have an issue. I don't have an issue if they throw it one time. But when, when your game is running, no matter whether it's working or not, you have to at least out of two tries, and that's not even the fourth down. I'm not saying on the fourth down, then you decide to run it. I'm saying if it's second and two and third and two, one of those has to be a run to your biggest back in maybe the history of the NFL. You have to at least try it. You can't just fully abandon what brought you there in the first place. Or at least at at the very, very least, you run a play action off of a run. You don't just have a five-step drop back on both plays. I don't think it was a five-step drop, but they didn't didn't completely
1: abandon. They gave Henry every opportunity in that game to produce
0: something. You're right. They gave it to him. They gave it to him. 18, on first nine. and 10, and he got eight yards on the first and 10. So on first and 10, he gets eight yards, and then second and third, you don't give it to him. And on his 17 other carries, he got 32 yards. That's I, I get that. But this is with the team that you are, and you don't just abandon who you are out of nowhere to get okay, some yards. Okay, so flip it. He says two then, yards.
1: Okay, then he says the team that we fundamentally have been over the course of the Titans being good is a defense-first team. So what we do is we pin this team deep and we stop it and we get the ball back and we go again. That's you just how told we, me they
0: have the historically worst defense this year in the NFL. Ha- so obviously they, that's not what got them to the playoffs. Hold
1: on, hold on. This year, yes, but over the course of Rabel's tenure, like last year, they were a different defense first team. So if you're going to this idea of like, this is who we are, even if their defense has been atrocious this year, they've still built themselves around the idea of stop teams, run the ball. That's it. And fundamentally, if you're built around that and you're in a game where the other team has struggled to score points, then you pin them deep and you say, we're going to get the ball back.
0: So you stop them and run the ball. So then on second and two, you run the ball. On third and two, you run the ball. If you don't get it, then you punt and you stop them on deep. I think
1: we kind of got to end it here because we're (laughs) just going in circles. But I think it is decision. Like this is results-based analysis and sometimes it kills me like because just if they'd punted it and then it had been a 3 and out for the ravens everyone would have thought like i'm going to i'm going to contrast this with the steelers decision which is an opportunity to move on to a different game to punt to me that was totally different
2: oh that's the fourth and one at the start of yes. the fourth isn't it yeah
1: the difference in the steelers there was you're down two scores so there you have to think, even if we do even if our defense has been shutting them down and we do get the ball back, the clock is your biggest concern at that point. And so giving them the ball is sacrificing, in the very least, sacrificing probably two minutes. And that to me is the thing that made no sense. So if I compare Tomlin's decision to punt with Vrabel's decision to punt, Tomlin's was much more egregious.
2: The thing with that game was do you remember the um was it Broncos Seahawks where the first play in the Super Bowl was the safety uh, against yeah, went, Payton, yeah. and you then just realised that that wasn't the way the, the game wasn't going it, and it was it was a shame for that game. Like obviously it was really high scoring and everything, but it was a shame that it wasn't competitive from the outset because of what was an implosion from Big Ben, right? Uh, well, not the snap that wasn't his fault, but the interceptions were weak, the throwing was paul it was a really bad first quarter
1: yeah yeah no he didn't play well i will say this even if the bad snap wasn't his fault and it wasn't his fault that he wasn't able to gather it or stop it when the ball was just sitting there to be picked up by either like by the Steelers, the fact that neither one of them could just slide on top of it was kind of pathetic
2: It is kind of strange watching grown men not able to just sit on a football, essentially. It's really (laughs) weird. It happens in rugby, too. I mean, it's the same idea with the awkwardness of the ball, that if it comes out, there's just a mass weird panic about why people can't just sit on it.
1: That was two Steelers players in perfect position and with actually a decent amount of time to just sit on the ball. And they would have been on the one yard line. And it would have been a terrible start, but not catastrophic. And instead, they did the one thing that they basically couldn't do, which is not only not gather it, but in the same process, push it into the end zone. I mean, it was just terrible.
0: It was also annoying to me, too, about five times in that game, they talked about how Pouncy is this like amazing all-pro, 10-time Pro Bowler, blah, blah, blah. He had like seven bad snaps that game. <laughs> Like at some point can, can announcers just man up and be like, this guy's playing a really shitty game. Like, yeah. all right, we get it. He's normally good. You don't have to kiss his ass and go. It's like, he's watching and listening to you at the same time. Like, <laughs> Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jim Nance for getting my back. I really appreciate it. Like, yeah. Cause I mean, it's he, so he, many he, bad snaps
1: that game. Yeah. He even had the horrific one on the, that big Ben did a really good job of gathering in on one of the touchdown runs on their first touchdown i
0: think. Yeah, uh, he had a n- right in the goal line.
2: Yeah, he had a number yeah.
0: of just horrible snaps. That was fourth down too i think. Yeah. But
1: I mean just yeah, that a can- terrible quarter from the Steelers. I will <sighs> yeah, say that this game was frank Frank went out of his way. Obviously he wanted the Browns to win. He went out of his way to Duke a curse the Browns <laughs> throughout that. Several times declaring, is it over at 14-0? Is it over at 21-0? Is it over at 28-0? I think it's over. And even though I wanted the Browns to win, part of me when the Steelers started to come back into that game yeah. wanted the Steelers to win. Because was... I was like, this is going to be a historic and, Duka curse. And
2: honestly, let's be honest, like in the third and fourth quarter, there were a couple of points when the Steelers threw interceptions, when if that drive had gone the other way, you went back to a one-score game. Uh, Again, it's hindsight, so I'm not, of course, saying it's for certain, but there was points where the Steelers looked good and they threw an interception when they were driving well to put it into one score game. And I don't know whether that's testament to how bad the Steelers were at the start or to how much better the Browns looked because of how poor the Steelers is, if that makes sense. like I don't know whether to say the Browns were incredible and they should be really respected against the Chiefs next week, or whether it should just be like the Steelers imploded so much that you're not sure what to make of that Browns team or that Browns performance anyway. I think I, it's the latter. I think they so
1: they fundamentally spotted the Browns 21 points. And, yeah, th- and like any NFL team would have won that game basically from there.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, you have to think about, the first touchdown they had was a zero yard drive. The second touchdown they had was like a 40 yard drive. The the third one I think was actually off of a punt, but then the next one was off the interceptions. So that was like another like 15 yard drive. So they've gotten 21 points off of not even getting barely over 50 yards of offense. You know, like not that I'm saying they didn't play, their offense did play well at times. And yeah, Chubb was incredible. And their defense, I mean, I think when their defense was pressing in that first half, They looked pretty good. You know, they were putting pressure on Big Ben and things like that. And they were tipping the ball, which that's the part that I'm. That's effective for the Steelers, because I think Ben Rosberger set the record this year for most tip balls from the line of scrimmage. It was like 50 or something crazy like that. So that was obviously a game plan they had in there to throw up your hands at any given point because they're going to do those short passes. Something like that's not going to work for a team that normally doesn't do that. So they're not going to get those interceptions off those tip balls, but I don't know. I I don't think they were, they were impressive, but they weren't as impressive as 48 points looks.
1: No. And also I'm going to when you kept asking me, could they come back? Could, could the Steelers come back? It wasn't the scoreline that was making me question whether or not they could, and it wasn't even their offensive struggles. It was actually defensively the Steelers looked like they didn't care anymore. Like there was moments in the first half, like a couple of those touchdown runs and stuff, there was a little bit of a lack of effort at times. Like It was like, well, Chubbs picked up 20. We may as well let him go for 35. You know, like there, was, there were moments there when it kind of felt like the Steelers realized we've lost this and I want to be anywhere else but here
2: one you want to um, know a depressing stat? Was that the Steelers actually ran, rushed more than the Titans. And the Steelers do not run, notoriously. The Titans, all they do is run. So I think that's testament to the Ravens right there, <laughs> how much they stopped them.
1: Oh, no, the Ravens, I mean, and this can bring us on to the other game, there were a couple of defenses that I don't think a lot of offenses looked that great, maybe bills aside, um, this weekend. But there were a few defenses that looked really good. And I think the Ravens had the best defensive performance of the, of the weekend. But the other notable defensive performance, obviously, was the Rams, who, on paper, what was the closest game? It was a cl- the tightest spread of, of any of the uh, six games. And, you know, in, in, even though they ended up losing Walford and then having to bring in uh, Jared Goff with a damaged thumb. It didn't even matter. I mean, their defense was just so good, and the Seahawks looked like they couldn't do anything. I don't know how much they could have played a whole nother game. I don't know how many more points the Seahawks would have scored.
2: Yeah. It was the turnovers that really changed that as well. And they had a pick six, too.
1: <laughs> yeah. A fluky one. Like, I will say that there's moments where their defense, they're getting a little bit of the rub of the green on a few things. Um, but, and Aaron Donald's injury will be interesting to see how severe that is. I don't know if
0: they said he's anything. back.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a weird all. way for him to get hurt with Russell Wilson just kind of rolling on him. But um, they—I mean, their their defense is legitimately really, really good. I just don't think their offense the their offense is so bad.
2: I mean, Goff, wasn't, <laughs> Goff, Goff didn't Goff didn't do much wrong. I mean, he what, didn't what, turn the ball one touchdown. He didn't, he didn't turn the ball much. over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but did they need so, to do much? That's the thing. Like, not in that game, but they're going to. Who do you start next week? Well, it's Packers, isn't it? No. So.
1: Well, it has to be golf, right? There's no yeah. way. I don't even think if league regulations would allow Wolford think... to play.
0: Oh, he Wolford like, nothing's wrong he with f- him. Well, no, he they, doesn't they, have.
2: They, I thought he like legitimately lost his neck.
0: No, they, <laughs> they said he had a stinger. That's
2: it. That was so the official no, report after the that the, the game. medical? Is wow, that, that a medical? Term? Such,
0: yeah. Is, that is such a. They said he had a stinger and he'll be completely fine. That is such a
1: team doctor report.
2: I think you play golf. Golf did enough to show that he can be competent, even with that injury. I, I, I think it has to go probably the other way now. Uh, yeah. He didn't look good golf. I mean, he really couldn't do much.
0: I mean, he was, his throws didn't look that great. He was very conservative. He didn't throw much over 10 yards, like at all.
1: Here's the thing is, right? You'd have to say no matter how good their defense is, they're now playing the Packers. And there's no way they're keeping the Packers to under 24 points. Like if the they Pack- keep the Packers if they keep the Packers to 24 points, that's a great defensive performance.
2: Yeah, 100% they're not getting 30 against the Packers defense either. So,
1: but then the question is which quarterback gives them the better chance to score points. That's what they have to assess. Now whether Goff is so limited, like obviously Goff is the better quarterback like fundamentally he's the better quarterback the question is with his injury is he more limited and then do you have to go with someone else
0: so I mean, what, they got they've got Blake Bortles right they yeah. could just no i didn't why wouldn't they dress him i didn't get that why would you only have two quarterbacks one of which is only at 50% with a thumb surgery 11 days before they're va- they're next Quarterback with their punter at that stage. That didn't make sense to me. No. So what do you think? What do you think the over under is for the Packers total points for this game?
1: 26 and a half.
0: 27 and a half. At that point, I can't see the Rams scoring 28 points.
1: If you're assuming. Yeah.
0: You mean if they go over. Unless their defense gets 14 of them.
2: Well that's of the, yeah that's the one isn't it like,
1: <laughs> which you can like no matter how good their defence is you can't have a defense that's, this isn't the high school. Like you can't count on your defense scoring points. Like just especially need, against
0: Rodgers, who has what two interceptions this year.
1: Yeah. Cause in addition to the turnover, you just need circumstances to be right, that it can be returned for, you know, like Rodgers could throw an interception on their own, on the Rams 30 and the guy just instantly gets hit tackled. It's not a bad play, but you're just not scoring. It's not a pick six. And then it's like, well, now Jared Goff needs to go 70 yards probably won't
0: yeah I mean the only way we won't get into our predictions yet but I think the only way the Rams win this game is that they play a better defense than they played against the Seahawks and they played a they played great on defense against the Seahawks but I think they need to play way better to have a chance like I I agree with you I think they, they have to keep them under 23 to have a chance and that would be, an absolutely amazing effort. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I, yeah, we'll, we'll discuss that on Thursday. The other obviously notable defensive performance of the week was the Saints. I don't know how much we attributed that to the Saints defense or to the Bears offense. Things might've been a little bit different if the Bears hadn't had one of the worst drops in playoff history. Uh,
2: Yeah. Oof. I mean, it feels quite, it feels harder because it's going over your shoulder, right? So there is that kind of coordination issue, but you do that every week. I mean, it, <laughs> yes. it literally that hit is him your in job. the numbers.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. It did actually, I, I take it back. It didn't hit him in the numbers. It dropped into his numbers. Like it wasn't like it was a rocket. It, like all you had to do is put anything, arm, hand, anything. It would have just sunk right into it. I mean, <laughs> it, it was it,
1: perfect. It's probably the best throw of Mitch Trubisky's career.
0: Now, at that point, I felt bad for Trubisky. That was a yes. moment where yeah. I said, "Yeah, you got to feel bad for that kid. <laughs> like, come on. Well, also
1: because even if they go on to lose the game in the fashion that they did, just him ending the game with a touchdown pass and like a 50-yard touchdown pass and him getting to walk off and be like, I wasn't shut out. I'm not that, like, it wasn't all my fault. And not saying that it was his fault, but obviously he is going to get a lot more of the blame or be the butt of a lot more jokes because of the fact that they didn't score any points, really. Um, And obviously it puts the Bears in an interesting position because he's out of, well, they have an option on his contract, um, which I'm going to assume they don't exercise. Supposedly they're in a position because the cap is going to shrink, it might be less expensive to franchise tag Trubisky than it is to exercise his option, which is a kind of unique situation for the Bears to be in and kind of sucks for him. Um, But it will be interesting to see what happens there. The Saints looked fine. I think that was just... It's hard to judge because they were in such relative control of that game, mm-hmm. even though they weren't really playing that well. So that kind of just, to me, is a game that you kind of chalk off as we got through that round, which is kind of how I feel about the Bucks too, is that neither of them were super impressive. I think the Bucks looked better than the, uh, than the Saints, and I also think that Washington surprised me at, uh, as to how well they played, but... Both of those teams, I think, fundamentally kind of say, job done, move on to next week.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the Bucs looked a lot better than the Saints. I, I, I mean, I, I guess maybe the Bears are a better defense, so it's, it's a little tougher to judge. But for most of that game, the Saints just looked so dull. I mean, again, it was a game where Breeze looked like the 6 year old Breeze of the beginning of the year, where the passes weren't that crisp they weren't that far it just looked like a very vanilla boring offense
1: yeah no they definitely didn't look explosive and that's always difficult because that's kind of what you associate with the saints so to now try and have to rethink of them as just a def- like a defense first team that's just pretty efficient on offense is weird from the the explosive teams that they've had in the past but I know what's going to happen. I'm going to talk myself into the box and then I'm going to see a repeat of exactly what I've seen when the saints play the Bucks this year, which is the saints absolutely destroying the box. I've done it twice already this year, so I'm sure I can do it a third time and don't want to spoil our predictions, but I'm, I'm sure I'm going to talk myself into how the bucks were, were the more impressive of the two.
0: Well, I don't know if you saw, but um, the saints opened up like five and a half point favorites. And then there was so much action on the Bucks that now it's dropped all the way to like two and a half,
1: three. So they Bill opened Belichick. up at five and a half. Bill Belichick just, just going all in on Tom Brady. <laughs> Maybe.
2: <laughs> it was good watching that Washington performance, though. It was. I think the Bucks looked better because Washington looked good as well. Um, but it was a genuine. I think Washington are nicely set. They've got a really bad NFC East to look at. I'm now, have you seen these rumors about like the kind of like QB carousel that's expected and like now that the Deshaun Watson is being considered in the Washington ilk is quite interesting. I think that would really sort them out because if they were to get a caliber level like Deshaun Watson with the pass rush that they already have, like I, th- I think they could legitimately, well, I th- I'd say they're definitely favorites for that division again. So playoffs, another season in the playoffs. I I think Washington are spirited and well set up for next year. I don't think they're favorites.
1: I mean, I think to me, the Cowboys are the favorites, assuming either Dak Prescott is healthy or they have a a different quarterback there. I kind of feel like particularly early on in the season, the Cowboys just had the season from hell. And I don't see Washington winning that many more games than they won this year. Whereas I think that there's just one or two moves from one of those other teams could put them into a 11, 12 win team sort of status. So I think they're well set. I think it was nice that they gave a good performance in the playoffs. Like they they didn't they weren't just totally outclassed. It didn't make the NFC East look like a total joke. Um, you know they held their own for the most part. I think that was. Important. I think they can be kind of proud of themselves in that respect, but I wouldn't go
0: overboard with what I think they're capable of in future seasons. Yeah. And Henneke and, played well, which was kind of fun to is. watch too. I mean, it's like yeah. absolute nobody, <laughs> not, not be like shy on the big stage. You had that pretty awesome touchdown yeah. run through for over 300 yards, like didn't play poorly at all.
1: Yeah, no, he played pretty well. He had but also one of the...
2: people like Chase Young as well put in a really good account for themselves, you know, first time in the playoffs as well. So, again, something to sell.
1: Yeah, it is. But, I mean, look, Chase Young could be the best in his position of all time, and you're not going to win the Super Bowl because of it, right? Like, it can help you. Yeah, the Rams are proof of that. They have one of the greatest defensive players ever, and it turns them into a very, you know, difficult team to beat. But we're not talking about the Rams as being Super Bowl contenders, I don't think even most people think the Rams are the best team in their division. So that's just you.
0: <laughs> that's just you that thinks that <laughs> you're still the only one at Niners nation who believes that. <laughs> oh. But
1: now, and then elsewhere uh, we touched on the bills I think the Bills can check that one off as job done. I think the Colts will be walking away from that just wondering how they lost. I think the Colts were the better team on the day. The Bills are the better team, but the Colts were the better team on the day, and they, as we said earlier, where games are decided by five or six plays, the five or six crucial plays there, the Colts lost all of those plays. And the swings that came from, for example, them not punching it in on the like when they had first and goal just before the half and then the Bills driving down and scoring a touchdown. That was such a huge swing. I think that game was nearly over if the Colts had scored a touchdown, just with the way the game was going. Um, so to me, that, that swung the game massively. And then the fact that they weren't able to force it to overtime when they had... First and 10 from their own 40 with a minute and five seconds left. And they didn't even get into field goal range. They just ran out of time. And then talking about Philip Rivers' and Hall of Fame status, the fact that he can't get a Hail Mary into the end zone when he's just throwing it from the 50 yard line, not
0: a great look for him. I don't know why they didn't put Brissett back in for that because they've done it multiple times. Like, what this is, this is some of the things I don't get about the NFL and coaches. They've put Brissett in for a last second Hail Mary because obviously he's got the better arm in games that arguably don't matter as much. But in a game where if you lose your absolutely hundred percent eliminated you wouldn't then do it just doesn't make sense to me like and and you knew rivers wasn't going to hit the end zone and he didn't, he didn't even come close I, I mean why not at that point put percent if you've done it before and this time you actually needed it to count why wouldn't you put percent in
1: i didn't know that he wasn't going to hit the end zone i would have expected well, every reason
0: why they do it every time <laughs>
1: I, I mean, that wasn't even like that wasn't that was almost not a Hail Mary. It was a Hail Mary in terms of context, but in terms of actual distance throwing it. Like it wasn't. Well, they were at some, the
0: Buffalo 47. So yeah. if he threw from the 55, it was like a from the other five, it was like a fifty-five yard pass. Yeah. So
1: he got it forty-five yards in the air. Yeah. <laughs> Which is
0: is not a Hail Mary.
2: So bad. That's so That's like a
0: Patrick Mahomes inter, intermediate route.
1: <laughs> there are completed passes of 45 yards plus every weekend in the NFL that aren't like desperation heaves. You know, like I mean, it must have been almost that's funny bad. for when you think that on the other sideline there's Josh Allen who can throw the ball 83 yards. He must have been watching that being like, "Oh,
0: gosh." <laughs> oh, that's so bad. That was the other thing in the Nickelodeon that the kid announcers were just so impressed by was how high the punts and kicks went (laughs) every punt wow every time and there was a lot of punts in that game so there was a lot of wows. i mean you
1: have to you have to also assume that they were encouraged to be like enthusiastic and wondrous you know so like that's the other thing you know they've been told like try and make everything seem fun and entertaining even the punts like they probably even got told ahead of time like punts aren't that exciting, but you are going to be impressed by how high they go. (laughs) Oh, wow, they are high. (laughs) Good job, Jimmy. Good job. You
0: nailed it. Next time, say it's even higher. (laughs) Sam, have you been to an NFL game?
2: Nope, never.
0: Oh, we got to take them to one and make – we'll we'll get a soundbite of Sam. Wow, that is a high punt.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They are relatively high, but – I'll tell you this, Sam. You've seen other balls travel just as high.
2: I, I am aware of, yeah, distance and things like that, yes. So like a rugby, <laughs> rugby kicks go fairly high.
1: Yeah, there will have been, you'll have seen probably an up and under go as high as a punt goes at times. Maybe not quite, but um, never seen a football go that high.
2: It would but, never need to.
1: Maybe Sam Allardyce.
2: angel passes the grace to heavens (laughs) so that was that was all the games wasn't it so that sets us up for Rams Packers, Ravens Bills, Browns Chiefs Bucks Saints so out of all the out of all the teams that won
0: which one do you think has the best chance to win the Super Bowl
1: I mean, of all the teams that won, I'd still say the Bills have the best chance of winning the Super Bowl. But out of all the teams that won, which team felt the best coming out of that? I think it's the Ravens. Because I think they go, they, they'll say their defense could potentially shut almost anyone down. And then in addition to that, the fact that they did come back from a 10-point deficit, which would have been one of those things I think overcoming that hurdle mentally for them now, and so if they are down by 10 plus points in a game in this playoffs, they can at least know that they can do it. Whereas I am sure that there were a few of those players sitting on the the sidelines uh, yesterday who thought we're toast. It's the first quarter and we're down by 10 points, but we don't come back from 10 point deficits
2: yeah and what, what was encouraging for the ravens right just to just with that titans game was that the titans knew exactly what they were going to do yet the ravens still got 6.7 yards to carry as well so they just know that it, it doesn't matter how you're set up they're going to still run that ball and they're going to run it pretty effectively so i i agree with eddie i think to, to answer your question i think the ravens will probably feel like the best team going into it and then maybe the bucks probably on performance just because the rams probably won't score enough the bills are underwhelming and the saints were underwhelming as well uh the browns are more of an unknown entity but yeah i'd probably take the ravens and the bucks second
1: i mean the browns might feel
2: amazing you know
1: what i mean like the browns scoring
2: 48 against the steelers
1: the browns might walk away feeling like we showed everyone we're real super bowl contenders like there's every chance i will say You've been hate, you've hated on the Steelers all year long. You also can't, yeah, we're hated not on listening. Uh, you, the fact that they're one in five over their last, their final six games, not great. And also, I Mike Tomlin's uh record now, playoff record, doesn't look great. Like, for someone who you know, his claim to fame in many ways is never having had a losing season. But I saw after that game, they broke down the teams they've lost to and the circumstances in which they've lost to them. And obviously, he has won a Super Bowl. But even that Super Bowl, they didn't have the toughest run in the playoffs. And it is not a great – he has lost to a lot of pretty mediocre teams.
0: Yeah, I didn't give any I told you
1: so's. (laughs) It's hard to give it I told you so when you also thought the Browns were overrated. (laughs) It's a tough one. It That's was win-win. how
0: bad I really think the Steelers are. <laughs> it was win-win
1: and lose-lose for you.
2: <laughs> There's legitimately yeah. a problem for the Browns, though, right, with the Chiefs turning up in playoff mode. And well, we know they, that the Browns frequently give away 35, 40 points a game.
1: Maybe, but, you know, the concern for the Chiefs has to be that they might be rusty. Cause I think they did make a valid point yesterday um, during the game when they spoke about the Steelers, which is, yeah, it's great to rest people, but in a season where you can't actually have full practices. And so you might've done like a lot of virtual sessions and walkthroughs and stuff. So having two weeks without some of your key players playing means that they can be that little bit rustier. And it's very possible that a lot of that first quarter performance could be attributed to that fact. For the Chiefs, I think they're still like, I think they'll beat the Browns, but there is a risk there that they've fundamentally had three weeks off and may not have really practiced that much.
0: My question was going to be now, if you're a Browns fan, can you at all be angry if you lose next week? No. Not only have you broken the playoff drought, you've also then won a playoff game and against your arch nemesis team. So at this point, can you at all be mad if you don't advance?
1: No, and I think even more, this is the perfect scenario. You're playing the Chiefs, the Super Bowl favorites, the reigning Super Bowl champions in Kansas City. So the expectations are that they are going to be beaten fairly easily. So you go into this being like, okay, we had a season that shows we are like playoff contenders. We got a young quarterback, a, young, a fairly young team. This is a this is building and then now it's kind of like anything is gravy in this game. If they were playing like the Ravens, then maybe you go into this thinking, hey, we're I know this was nice, but we're better than the Ravens
0: and you're disappointed the Bills. when you lose. The Bills if they were the 2 seed, the Bills, that would be a good matchup.
1: It would be. And I still even think then as a Bill, as a Browns fan, you might you could be disappointed. You could tell yourself like I think we should beat the Bills. But yeah, you can't okay. be going into you'd have to be the most optimistic Browns fan in the world to be going into just being like I think we're the better team. Like I think I think really like if we play this game 10 times, we win 8. <laughs> like <laughs> Speaking of which, actually, when you were talking about your Hall of Fame quarterbacks, you didn't even throw Baker into the mix as a potential Hall of Famer.
0: Well, the, he's not going to be in the Football Hall of Fame. <laughs> oh God,
1: <laughs> he's going to have a, a star on the on the Hollywood Holly, Hollywood the Hollywood
0: <laughs> the Hollywood the of Fame. <laughs> yeah. Just combine it. Did you say you know,
1: Hollywood? You... No, I said Holly Walk. Oh, no, I I, (laughs) said it's even worse. I said Holly (laughs) Wad.
2: You said Hollywood (laughs) like the Scottish Parliament Walk of Fame. Yeah. I thought you combined Hollywood
0: and Walk to Holly Walk of Fame.
1: Which, you know, Frank, you could get him out. Now, that is how you get uh, Baker Mayfield on the podcast. Because those um, stars on the Walk of Fame, like you have to raise the money for them yourself okay and you have to kind of petition the committee who makes a decision and it started like sometimes stars will ask their fans to like get it going but sometimes it started by the fans without it
2: wait raise (laughs) some money raise what it's just some pavement it can't cost much
0: yeah but hey come on real estate in los (laughs) angeles costs a fortune even if it's one tile
1: (laughs) But, but uh and I think it's a way that the whatever the association or whatever is raising money too. But if you raise that money for Baker Mayfield, you try and get him a star on the Hollywood. Oh my God. The Hollywood oh my God,
2: It's next to the Hollywood one. It's around the yeah. back. Yeah.
1: you send him a message don't worry we've got you a star on the hollywood walk of fame and he's like this must be a typo i'm gonna turn up and it's just you drawing a star in the mud
0: in the dark
2: alley yeah.
1: congratulations baker i'm your biggest fan
2: <laughs> you really want to see a star
0: now do the you're locked out of the stadium bit do that one
2: <laughs> do it <laughs> he said do it <laughs>
0: Yeah, they just keep getting better and better. I can't wait to see which one they're going to release this week. But I did a very, um, let's say, Eric type of bet. So for those who don't know, we have a friend Eric who is notorious for betting on things that no other human would ever bet on. And I had, I like to do an eight team teaser. And there was seven games this week the six at NFL and then the one college football. So I needed one more. And in my place where I bet there popped up an NFL Madden sim game that you could bet on. And apparently oh, that God. works on the teaser. So I teased the Texans to win. <laughs> <laughs> it made wow. me so happy. <laughs> wow.
1: What a low point. Did you watch it?
0: What? Did you watch no. the game? No, it was it was streamed live on Twitch and I didn't know what time it was. So then I actually they don't tell you if it wins, like they don't tell you the score. So I had to go and look at the past recording and then see if they won. And they they won pretty handedly. They were down 14 in the first quarter though, but then they came back and won by like 20. Well oh,
1: thriller. <laughs> thriller. Maybe that's we can shift this to just being an esports podcast.
2: Yeah, yeah, I don't even know no, who plays it though. Like that's what's I, crazy. I recommended that before we started this podcast and you shut me down so badly.
1: I wasn't throwing that out as a serious idea or as a good idea. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, do any of us thing. do any of us watch esports?
2: I've watched a few.
0: I occasionally watch it when it's on TBS. Yeah, but because I want to see how ridiculous it is.
1: That's different. When I say, do we watch esports? It's not like every once in a while I watch it for a joke, or every once in a while it's on and I can't be bothered to change the channel. I just like a video pops up on my like my feed.
2: I don't mind watching it, but the problem I have is how obnoxious and arrogant the team members are. They are just they just think they're God's gift, and it really upsets me that they're just a bunch of guys playing Call of Duty on a slightly bigger screen than I play Call of Duty on. Like that's all it is. But, well aren't they also much better than you? <laughs> is that well, that's, I,
0: that's all it is. And they are way way better. And they better. are a little bit
2: better, yeah. But then again, if I played it twenty two hours a day, I'd probably get better at it as well.
1: Uh I've played Call of Duty with you. I don't know if that's true. <laughs>
2: don't
0: don't Malcolm Gladwell us
1: <laughs> oh yeah I tell you what Sam dedicate it do you're on lockdown there's no reason why you can't play five hours of Call of Duty and or pick a game that's more obscure and then see like if you played five hours of like Rocketball oh rocket well, Oh, rocket league is super popular rocket,
2: oh rocket League! <laughs> <laughs>
1: rocket league's super popular i'm i was trying to think of like a sports game that not a lot of people play and then try and see like could you become like a, oh like the cricket cricket, okay.
2: cricket. The cricket. Oh,
1: okay ashes could you become no
2: the new cricket one went into game bus by the way cricket okay 20?
1: see play five hours a day and see if <laughs> you can become like a top 10 ranked and then we interview you
2: oh <laughs> I just love Wait. the amount of times where you and I will be like, "Okay, we're going to play. We're going to set up a five-day game, and it's going to be legitimately incredible." And then we're both bowled out, us and the other team, by first-day lunch.
0: <laughs> Wait, there's a new cricket game?
2: Well, 2020, came Oh, out. they come out
0: with one every year? No, 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 uh, no. Every,
1: <laughs> I'd say every no. two,
0: two years.
1: It's not popular enough to justify it, the
2: yearly. Release. It
0: usually follows an Ashes. Or a World Cup. This might entice me to get a gaming platform.
1: (laughs) It is not good.
0: I know, but that's what makes it good.
1: (laughs) I love them. I love the cricket games. I think they're incredibly amusing and funny. And I love the mistakes. I love the glitches. They're just hilarious to me. I think every most, I'm not someone who loves glitches in general. They do frustrate me. But in the cricket one, they just, they're always so humorous in the way that they glitch that I just love it. Famously too, like there was a version of the game Brian Lara cricket, I think was two thousand seven, I think something like that, and we were playing it at university. Even then, it was kind of dated at that point. But they were <laughs> you know people a they tell they've not invested heavily enough into the commentary, so you only hear like the same. It's like you could be playing a match between like Zimbabwe and the West Indies, and then they go like, "Do you remember the?" <laughs> Do you remember the Ashes tour from 1926? <laughs> like,
2: and then also do it at the most obscure moments. Like a yeah. guy will be bowling, take a wicket. And he'll just be blabbering on about the body line tour in the 30s. Or
1: yeah. And also then like the commentary, like will totally go out of sync with what's happening on the screen. So like you'll bowl it, you'll hit, you'll like be bowled, you'll be out. And it will be, it will be like, any bowls? Nice shot, four runs, out. <laughs> just like, oh, Okay
2: honestly i if, if you know cricket because obviously you've got to know the rules to understand why it's funny like go on youtube and just type in like brian lara cricket glitches like if you know anything about cricket it genuinely is a lot of fun how poorly synced up this game was because it can't be that hard to do like this is what i don't understand about it like cricket must be one of the easiest games to program for. Yes
1: and no. I think the physics of batting and the mechanics of the person and their movements quite tough. But yes in the sense that it's always a single event and there aren't that many possible outcomes. So it's not like having to have a football match or, or like an American football match where there's other players moving Besides the one you're controlling, like cricket, it's someone's bowling, everyone else is fundamentally stationary. You hit a ball and people chase after the ball. Like, this is kind of like that's sort of it, but they still manage to mess it up.
0: Who, who do you think's done a better job, Madden or FIFA? Oh, EA. Oh, they're both EA.
2: EA. Cricket. They're both EA. What do you think? No, talking he,
1: said, about? he said Madden or FIFA.
0: <laughs> oh, I think it's still talking about cricket. No, no, no. no. Because Eddie was saying they did a good job. So I'm thinking like a more um, detailed sport like football or, or.
2: I probably think they've done a better job with Madden.
0: I'd say FIFA,
1: but I think they're both Fs at the moment.
2: Yeah, FIFA went down the toilet a bit recently.
1: I think they both, EA has like sold its soul for the in game purchases and just trying to get you to spend money. Like the idea of just buying a game that's complete and playing it now is just not how companies make money. So they just sold themselves in both FIFA and in Madden for the ultimate team concept. And so rather than building a game, like, and I get that the majority of people playing are actually just playing in that format now. So I'm kind of a dinosaur in that I want to just either play my friends online or play like a franchise mode. I'm in the minority, so I understand why they're not building a game for me, but I don't care about building my ultimate team. I don't want to have virtual packs of cards open in front of me. I'm not going to spend any money aside from what I've spent to buy the game. And I just want to play. And the fact that they don't add new features and that there are constant glitches and issues with the AI,
2: it's just infuriating. Well, that's how you could, we could make money from it, right? We could have a live stream of you opening packs. Isn't that how like KSI started out? Basically, yeah. So let's do it. We'll do a live stream, big chill.
1: I think we're a little late to the party again there. And I also, (laughs) I don't think- We'd look
2: so (laughs) old doing it now, wouldn't we? Watch us do the ice bucket challenge.
1: (laughs) I also don't think I have the personality necessary to engage like 12 and 13 year olds as I open virtual cards.
2: It's not what the police said.
1: (laughs) (laughs) When those cards open, I just go, I don't, oh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Cool. I don't care. That's not going to be. I need to like lose my mind. Like, you have to like throw your TV sometimes because you're so excited that you got that perfect card. So, I guess not really much to say about the FA Cup this weekend because aside from Leeds, there weren't really any shocks. It kind of all went to form and as predicted. Um, Although, there was also a good penalty shootout yesterday evening uh, in the Brighton match, uh, which was i had on at the same time as some of the nfl it was pretty pretty interesting to watch but i did like the story that came out from the stockport county manager jim gannon who refused to give interviews with sky because his sky box has had a has not worked efficiently (laughs) So he's boycotted interviews with Sky out of the principle that they've not fixed his Skybox. I just love it as being so kind of amateurish and petty, but it's, it's wonderful.
2: I love how, like, I know it's all one same company technically, but the idea that you would just have like someone like, oh, well, let me just come around your house now and I'll just fix it. Then we can do the interview.
1: Yes. And also kind of stunning from Sky's perspective that they wouldn't have it happen once and then go, oh, this can be turned into like a funny bit of PR. So we'll make a big deal out of having someone sent to his house to fix his Sky box and give him like a lifetime free Sky subscription. You would have thought it would have been dealt with instantly. The fact that it kind of dragged on a bit and that he's had to kind of legitimately boycott Sky interviews is quite incredible.
2: But it also shows, in a way, the weird magic of the FA Cup, right? That they've got some guy boycotting Sky because his Skybox doesn't work.
0: All right. Sam, did you start watching Ted Lasso yet?
2: No, ma'am. No, I have not.
0: That lockdown must be tough. It's really hard to get access and time to a TV, right?
2: I love that I just need to dedicate myself to something you want me to do.
0: (laughs) Eddie also suggested you watch Ted Lasso as well so we can discuss it. Yeah. I think you don't have to do like the whole season in a day, but if you watch an episode or two, like a week, you can kind of just tell us what you watched and then maybe we can discuss it. Like if there was a funny joke or something that you think is completely outrageous that would never happen. Well, I need to get Apple TV. Um, you, have an, a, you can an get a iPhone? free
1: subscription. You
0: get two years free with an iPhone. I don't have an iPhone. Well then step one, go buy an iPhone. <laughs> so I've got to
2: investigate. okay. That'll <laughs> be no far cheaper than money.
1: The, that'll be less expensive than the six ninety nine a month for Apple TV. Do you know what, Sam? I'll give you my Apple TV credentials. You can log Just in. Just give
2: everyone. Watch. Give all our members. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll put it up on our Twitter. <laughs> yeah, do you know what actually users. if
1: you've listened this if you've listened this far in the podcast, all big chill podcast listeners get a free Apple TV subscription. <laughs> sponsorship deal just don't don't log on at the same time please
0: all right well should we wrap things up and start thinking about how we can move way past eddie and our bets for next week oh gosh leave the regular season winner in the dust
1: you're one ahead of me frank (laughs) you're one ahead of me
2: can't wait i've already seen my value i got my value
1: i know my picks already
2: I don't. I won't say. Yet.
1: I won't reveal. I won't reveal them until Thursday. But I know mine.
0: Shoot! Now, since it's playoffs, should Eddie always pick first
2: because he's in last? Oh, now hold on! Ooh, now we're gonna. <laughs>
1: right, if you want, I'll pick whenever. I'm confident enough that over the course of time, I'll, you know, catch up and pass you. The regular yeah. season showed this.
0: Well, it has to be this. I mean, this is the week. If you're still behind after this week, it'll be tough to catch up because I'm sure the picks will overlap a lot.
1: No, well, look, I can't be more than one game behind. Let's put it that way. If you increase, I have to close the gap on Sam against the spread and I have to be at worst one game behind because if you're two games behind, you're kind of
0: screwed. Yeah. All right. Well, talk to you guys later. See ya.